Talkers, and welcome to another episode of Torpedo Swim Talk. I'm your host, Danielle Sperling, and each week I chat to a master swimmer from around the world about their swimming journey. Our guest on the podcast today is Californian resident Steve West, and among other things, I was intrigued to learn how a swimmer can stay at such a high and consistent level for such a long period of time. To give you a bit of background, Steve narrowly missed the US Olympic Games team for breaststroke in 96 under the tutelage of Dave Sallow. Steve has multiple Masters World Records to his name, as well as being named one of Swimming World's top Master Swimmers of the Year in 2014-2015. He qualified for the US Olympic trials as recently as 2012 and keeps holding very close to those original times he swam back in the 90s. Let's find out how he does it. There you go, Hi, Steve. Welcome to the podcast. Hey there. Thank you. How are you? Good, thanks. Really well. What's the weather like today in California? Today, um, it's been really foggy. Um, we have what's called June gloom this time of year where it's foggy a lot because the ocean's starting to warm up. So it was very, we didn't see the sun all, at all today, which is very rare. Usually yeah. it comes out at some point. But we swam, we went swimming this morning and it was fine. Oh, nice. Oh, nice. Where did you, where did you swim this morning? Um, so we, uh, my team, I'm on the Irvine Nova masters. I live in Huntington beach, but I, um, train in Irvine. So it was, uh, just down there. So at Willette aquatic center, that's where they had the pan packs there five or 10 years ago. And it's a real nice facility. So we're super lucky. Have you still got it set up as short course yards or are you in long course meters then? Well, that's a funny question. Um, we've been doing yards um, because masters, we don't really have priority at the pool. So the times that we're using it, it was set for yards. But like as we have two masters practices in the morning and um, right after us, the elite team comes in and they set it up for short course they set up for long course but uh that's our that's at eight o'clock and i gotta go to work so i didn't get to get any long course in today so uh yeah we we do more yards than we should for long course which is uh but that's just how it it is so we're going to be doing that for a while yeah yeah well it sounds like a lovely pool so it's great that you get to swim in it anyway and hopefully long course yeah long course meters will be on the horizon soon some point yeah <laughs> that would be that would be nice maybe i like long course i hate the turns um but but that's okay yeah oh well look let's i mean you've got an illustrious master's career which we'll, we'll get to but i wanted to sort of start with your swimming journey back before you started masters tell us about when you um came back from college i believe you're in michigan back to california and started training with dave salo for the um 96 Olympic trials. Tell us about that experience. Okay. Well, yeah, that's interesting. So, I mean, obviously I grew up here. I mean, I'm, I wasn't born in California, but we moved here when I was about nine and I was already a swimmer by then. And I obviously came up through the age group program and then, um, and, uh, wasn't that great of an age group swimmer. I got better in high school, got recruited and swam for Michigan. So right after that, right after I graduated from Michigan. I came back to California. Um, I went back to my regular club, but about a week into my um, coming back, the the board of directors for that club decided to let the coach that I had go. So I was like, screw you guys. I'm out of here. I went down to Irvine, which is where Dave was. And at the time, Dave was 35 about, I don't know, you real young guy, he just got his PhD in exercise physiology. And he was out in the world telling people, by the way, you don't really need to do a million billion yards all the time. And everyone hated him because of that. And they kept saying, who the hell are you? And who have you ever coached and all that other stuff. And he really hadn't had the career that he ended up with at that point. So I went to swim with him. I was like, uh, I remember going down to Irvine and saying, Hey, I want to try your program out. And here's the other thing is there's um, Dave Salo and my coach at Michigan, John Urbanchek, they had they have a relationship because Dave had swum for John when he was the coach at Long Beach State here in California. So I got to know Dave a little bit because we recruited some of his swimmers onto our team um, at Michigan. So I kind of knew who he was and I knew he was supposed to be a 
out of the box swim coach. And I was like, let me just give this a try. And I remember telling him, Hey, I'm just going to try it out. And I don't know. And, you know, when I walked in there, I was the 22, I guess. So I was the oldest one there. Everyone was in high school on the team. There wasn't anybody my age, but, uh, I liked what he was doing. The the team was pretty small. We had two in a lane and, um, I liked what he was doing and I just decided to give it a try. And so, and here I am now, I ended up swimming for him for about five years in, um, in the regular, regular swimming or whatever, and then didn't do masters for a while after that. So So anyway, that, that's how I kind of got involved with Irvine. Yeah. Okay. So just, just looking at some of the things you said, in, in what way were, were his sessions different to what you'd done before? Was it just in a matter of distance or was it the type of sets that you were doing? Both. Um, for one thing, like, uh, you know, at Michigan, we did a lot of yards. Um, and that works for some people and other people it doesn't work for. I, I could handle the volume. And um, John is not exactly the same as other pound the yards kind of programs. He just, he believed in a lot of hard work. We didn't, we did a lot of breaststroke. We did a lot of things that were stroke. So it was more volume oriented at Michigan but not like over the top, super terrible. But Dave was really outside the box. I mean, the volume at with Salo, we swam the same amount of time, but it you could instead of a seven thousand or eight thousand yard practice, or you might we might have had a we might have we could get away with thirty five hundred in two hours, depending on the kinds of things we were doing. Um, and I remember other coaches told me I would get out of shape eventually doing it this way. And, you know, obviously that was a lot of bullshit because I swim pretty fast now with even less than most people do. So Dave's approach wasn't just that he was doing less yards. He really, I remember talking or thinking about, he really was not saying that you shouldn't do the yards. It was more that you should, there's more to swimming than just that really in that to this day, I never actually count how many yards I do in a practice. Cause it's not really relevant. Yeah. So yeah. He's looking at more of the quality of what you were doing and did he focus also on technique? Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, and not only did we focus on the tech there, there were two, two big changes. I think when you swim a lot of yards, you can't really go very fast yes. at the end of the day. I mean, you can, but you, in, and at Michigan, we did go fast, but during, if you're doing three hundreds breaststroke or hundreds on a tight interval or things like that, your pace is going to be off race, race pace more in your aerobic zone or your threshold zone. With Dave, the expectation was that when I make you go fast, I want to see you going race pace. So part of that was we were at race pace, but then on the other things that he would do that was different is break down the training into smaller components. We might have a practice where you're sculling the whole time for an hour. Well, you can only maybe do 1200 or 15. I mean, I don't know how many yards you can do, but if you're just using your forearms, you're not going to actually go very far, but you're going to come out of the practice really tired. So he would break a lot of stuff down, especially for breaststrokers. We would break stuff down into the pieces. And um, I learned a lot swimming for him. Yeah. And did you, did you see um, an improvement in your, in your times? Did your times come down drastically from that? Yeah. So in, I swam with before the trials in 96 at Michigan or at, us trials here and um i had i had dropped um in my hundred i dropped a second in nine months which for was already i was already pretty high up but at trials i dropped a second and then um a couple seconds in the 200 and about nine months of training so i really didn't actually have enough time with him before trials to be honest but um but i did or i did drop quite a bit because we fixed my stroke and, you know, he taught me how to do things that I didn't really know how to do very well. Um, and, uh, obviously there was just, there's, um, a lot to learning how to swim. So yeah, yeah fantastic. even at a high level. Yeah. And, and talking about those trials, it's the 96, um, Olympic games trials. 
um, yeah. for Atlanta. Tell us about that 100 breaststroke because I, I know you finished third. Talk us through. No, the- I was fourth in that one. But yeah, that was the. So the other thing I think I didn't really mention that I should mention is that when I got to to Irvine, I I learned that I had a teammate that was really fast or became very fast that year. And that was Amanda Beard. So, um, yeah. And she was 13 when I joined the team. I remember her dad's like, Oh, we're glad to have you here. Cause we both do the same events, obviously. And I was like, he's like, I'm Amanda's dad. I'm like, who? And I didn't really know who she was. Um, she was like, I think at the time she had just gotten her first final at nationals that spring, but was definitely on um, her trajectory. Um, so anyway, but at the trials day one, first swim out of the gate, I was, I went first for the team. So, uh, hundred breaths was on the first day of trials. I was seated ninth in the morning and in the, or I was seated ninth in the psych sheets. And then I, um, swam in the morning and I qualified fourth. So I had moved cause I dropped the second. So I dropped way up in the spaces and I had dropped a whole second. And Dave was like super happy because, I set the tone and it was good for me to go first. I had already been to trials before and I'd already had experience in international meets and things like that. Um, so I wasn't, I don't remember how nervous I was or anything like, I probably wasn't actually real nervous for that hundred breast because it wasn't my best event. And I was feeling pretty good. I think I don't remember exactly, but I did end up fourth in the, in the, pre after the prelims and then I saw lane six is where I ended up in finals and then I was next to Seth Van Neerden in lane five and I remember at finals he he was in five and uh he was the American record holder at the time and I remember in the second lap I started passing him and I passed the two people on my sides and I was like oh my god I might make it in this event and then of course I came in and I didn't make it because the race was on the other side of the pool. Jeremy Lynn and everybody else over on the other side of the pool were going a lot faster than when I was. But anyway, it was still good to have a good drop. And I felt good about that. That was the first day. So, yeah. and then the next day, Amanda made the Olympic team in the, in the hundred breast. Yeah. I think it was a hundred for, I don't know if the women had the hundred or the 200. She made it in one of those two. Yes. Wow. Which was pretty cool for a 14 year old. <laughs> I've, I've read her book actually. It's um. yeah. This uh, really raw and um, emotional read, but just uh, a great insight into her swimming journey. Yeah, yeah. And I never, read, I never read the book, but her first, you know, first year, she was, you know, I remember to her, like, I don't know if she really um, quantified what she was doing, you know, like as far as how good that re- her, she just raced and she was pretty simple um, as far as going to the mate, going to the, doing what she was doing, what she could and racing really hard and not being afraid of anybody. And she just was great, a great swimmer. So, but I never read, I never read the book. I don't know. I didn't, I, after that year I had like retired from swimming. So I was a little bit disconnected from, from everything else after that. You, did you have any thoughts of trying to come back and, and try for 2000 in Sydney? Well, so at in 96, I got third in the 200 meters. Um, and after that, it was like, well, I got to get a job. And so, <laughs> I mean, I started my soft, I work in software. I, yeah. I quit and swimming and I got a job. And then I remember feeling really shitty about my, about not about getting third and anything like that. I just felt shitty because, um, most of us, if we train all the time from the time you're a little kid, you need to continue to do something to keep the chemicals in your body the way they were. So I remember asking Dave, I'm like, well, I kind of, I didn't ever, uh, I told him I wanted to swim a little more. Um, but I didn't feel like I could not train cause I didn't have, um, a, at that time it was hard to make money in swimming and I wasn't really, I ranked high enough to get enough support to quit my job. So I actually worked and actually into starting the, a business that I still run today during that time from 97, I guess I came back to swim for Dave in 97 through 2000, but my commitment level to training was lower than it, than I'd had before and not high enough level to actually legitimately have a chance to make the 2000 team. But I did swim at that trials and I did 
swim through those years. And I did make a couple more U S national teams. And I think, I guess the highlight is, and I got a silver in the Pan Am games in 1999, I was 27 years old and running my business and owned my house. And it was like, it was, I was the oldest, I was the oldest one on that trip from the U S team. And my own teammates at Irvine, Aaron Pearsall, he was 15. He that was his first national team trip. And that was my last one. So it's like, <laughs> so it was kind of cool to have, to be on that team with some of those young people. Um, I was 27, I guess at that time. So, um, so I didn't really have a, I didn't really try to make 2000, but I did swim and I enjoyed that time in my life. And that was, it was good. Yeah, yeah, that's that's amazing and fantastic that you were able to keep it that that really high level, even though you were working a full time job and training a bit less. So it showed you what you were talking about before is correct, yeah. the right kind of training. Yeah, I mean, Dave was the you know quite. I was lucky that I have this relationship with him because most coaches at the time wouldn't have allowed me to swim at all. Yes, they they wouldn't have. They would have said you're either all in or you're all out. But he understood. And I think he knew enough about me that I'm generally a positive, or at least I, this is my perception of myself, of course, but I think I'm a good, I like training. Um, I'm good training partner with people and I work hard when I'm there and he knew that I would do that and he trusted that. And I did train there with the Irvine team. I didn't go every day. I didn't go all the time. He, they all knew that I was old. <laughs> so, but I learned a lot about myself in those three years in terms of like, okay, I went from Michigan where you swam 25 hours a week. And we did, uh, you know, I don't know how many yards, but we did a lot of meters and yards and we trained a lot. And then at, when I started swimming for Dave, maybe I swam five times a week, like once a day, every day, a couple, if I could do doubles, I would, I still lifted and did all this, these other things too, but just swim less yards and without a time commitment, but still maintain my speed. Uh, and I, I probably could have got the, in, in hindsight, I, you know, if I could have delayed my life ambitions for four years, I probably could have done a lot better, but you know, I don't really think about that at all. It wasn't really in the, it really wasn't what I, I don't know that I wanted to do that anyway. I mean, um, swimming to me is a, I'm always, you know, I was always in the water here as a surfing and body surfing and I'm just a, an aquatic kind of person. So that's why I really like it. I don't get all hung up on um, things that other people get hung up on about swimming. Yeah. So Yeah. That's, that's an amazing first start to your story. When did, yeah. when did you discover master swimming and how did you get involved with that? Yeah. Okay. So obviously I quit quit. I didn't quit. I actually, uh, stopped going to meets and stuff. Oh, I, yeah, yeah. I didn't really train from 2000 on. I, you know, I was married and I got married in the nineties and then I raised my, had a daughter at, in 2003 and a son in 2004. And at that, so between, um, 2004 and 2010, I really didn't do much swimming. I would occasionally go to the master's practices here and there occasionally I do, I maybe did two meets. I don't even know. Just didn't swim very fast at those. Um, but I was, um, busy with life and all that other stuff. And I remember though, um, the, I think the main re the main drive for me to get into masters is I was actually under a lot of stress at my job with various different customers and stuff. And I remember I had, you know, health related issues from stealth, from stress, that weren't even really health issues, but it was related to stress. And I remember the doctor's like, well, there's nothing wrong with you, blah, blah, blah. You should swim or something like that. So, and then I remember like, okay, well I can, that's something I can do. And I remember like going to the health, I did lift weights and I did surf during that time. So I know I still, I wasn't like grossly out of shape or anything. I just wasn't in swim condition at all. And I remember going to the gym and swimming and you know a hundred yard free to, to go like 110 was really hard for me at the time which is not very fast for you know a guy so um but i remember just that that was it was a challenge in the beginning but i started swimming and then i don't know i don't really remember exactly how i got all tied into it but 
it was mostly because I was trying to find an out. I was trying to get more balance in my life and it worked for me to do that. So, and it ultimately all of the, the problems I was having went away. Definitely. Uh, um, with swimming, you have that sort of release of all those kind of stresses, but it gives you that wonderful endorphin rush afterwards when you're out. Totally. Keeps you going all day, doesn't it? Yeah. I mean, if I can, I don't always swim in the morning, but I, you know, yeah. whenever you do swim in the morning, you feel real good. I mean, when I don't swim is the problem. Like, you know, like <laughs> then you feel like, Oh God, I wish I did. I mean, I'm, I don't mind not swimming if, but if I don't do anything like at all, like no lifting or Pilates or, I mean, if I do nothing, I feel shitty. Yes. So, so give I think, it, I think a lot of people feel that way. <laughs> absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Give us a bit of a snapshot of your week at the moment. So you, you obviously are swimming training mostly what in the mornings or do you sometimes do the afternoons if, if work gets in the way? Yeah. Well, nowadays it's really interesting. So I, my daughter is a freshman in Minnesota. She's my swimmer. I have one swimmer and I have a son who's a junior in high school and a senior next year. So uh, during the pandemic, my patterns and everything changed a little bit, like a lot of us. Um, uh, I'm now mostly working out of the house because we're remote. And I, you know, software business, we were kind of remote anyway, but we totally, we decided to not get the office and go completely remote. So I'm actually working out of my house and I'm dating another summer, Trina, and we try to coordinate to swim together as much as we can. Yeah. So, uh, at Nova masters, I'm very lucky that we have many options for practices, which not every master swimmer have. So I apologize to all of you who don't have the fortune that we do, but there's two choices in the morning. There's a 5:45 and then a 6:45 option for, you know, an hour or you and sometimes if you want, I don't do this, but people can swim back to back, do the practice twice. And then we also have an 11 o'clock and a 12 o'clock. So what I try to do is start up my work early here, seven, six 37, get on with work. And then I'll try to swim in the, in the midday if we can. Um, then if I'm I booked up, if I have too many meetings, customer stuff or things going on, then we'll, if I can't, then I'll try it in the morning. And if I can't do either the morning or the midday, then I'll try to do like uh, weights in the garage or go to the gym or some other thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not set. I don't have a set schedule, which isn't ideal, but, um, but I managed to swim four times a week, maybe five. It depends. Yeah, well, it's certainly working for you. Absolutely. I mean, you had, yeah. Yeah, sorry, you go. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I try to be consistent. So uh, when I, when my kids were littler, it was harder to actually get consistent. I would have like a week off here and there. But now, um, nowadays, I'm pretty good about not having too many days off in a row. Yeah. Yeah, you mentioned Pilates and, and uh, I know you're big into flexibility. What do you just do that um, yourself or do you go to Pilates reformer, like clinical Pilates classes? How do you sort of do all that? Um, I have a trainer, so I do it one-on-one when I go to, when it, so my, I would say priority wise more for my training, I swim first and I would say weight training is second, like in the gym. And then, and those are all the, the obviously the swimming is with the coach and the team. weight training is kind of on my own. And then I try to do like once I probably go three times a month right now to the Pilates and I have a trainer and I just pay by the hour. So I, when I'm in there, it's just me and her and, uh, her job is to kick my ass. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah. Pilates is, I mean, I'm a big convert to Pilates. I, I, I find that it's really changed a lot about the way I think about engaging my core. Definitely. Yeah. And also I, I had many, many years, I like you, I was a swimmer when I was younger and I had many years out of the water. And when I got back in, I just thought I could swim the way I used to when I was younger and ended up with a bit of bursitis in my shoulder. So yeah. it also really helped engage the scapula and not sort of, yeah, I'm a bit hypermobile. So I overreach a little bit and put too yeah. much pressure on. <laughs> it's a, a, a good story of most swimmers have that kind of issue. Yeah, I really like it. It's fun. Um, do something different. Yeah. You, I learn a lot about body awareness and, uh, you know, we do everything. We use all the equipment and we do all the different exercises and we do all the body, um, motion stuff. And I started doing that about 10 years ago or yeah. I guess more than that now, but, um, 
I, I, I drop and I, for a while, I, when I first learned, I was doing it twice a week with a trainer and I, I dropped my time pretty substantially in the breaststroke when I started doing it. And the reason, one of the reasons I think it's helpful is the fact that, uh, swimming and like dance are like almost the same thing. If you think about it, the coaches are always like telling you, put your hand here, not there. Um, just being aware of your alignment, where you are in space, all those things, you have to learn that body awareness in the water. It's easier to learn that on land. And I remember like the first time I started doing Pilates, she'd like, well, you know, tuck your hips this way. And I'm like, they, in my mind, I'm like, well, they are. And she's the um, instructor's like, no, they're not. So uh, now I'm more aware of like what, I'm actually doing and how I'm doing it. And the other thing about Pilates is there's a lot of holds or uh, lengthy sets, which are like swimming because in swimming, you have to maintain your form to finish like a 200 or even hundred. And so there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of similarities in all of that. And not every exercise translates directly into swim, but the ideas of doing a nice sit up and not a dumb, you know, a bad one and having your form maintained the whole time, that's very much like swimming. So it's, it's a good mental uh, exercise too. So mental, physical, all of the, the things are very similar. And and plus it obviously helps you with your flexibility and strength and all of that. It's, like to me, like weight training is about building power. And then the Pilates is more about the control of that. Yes. Yeah. So. Yeah. And I think also too, I really like the fact that there's a lot of cross engagement. I always find yep. being a backstroker and freestyle, I know it's different for breaststrokers, but I was very weak on one side of my crossbody chain. So that's really yeah. helped me sort of focus in on that and think about it more. Like it's not entirely the same on both sides now, but it's a lot better than it was. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. I and mean, everybody's not perfect. Everyone's a little imbalanced. So it, they try to keep the balance, which is good. Yeah. And now that I'm getting older, it's, you know, flexibility is becoming more of a challenge than it used to be, obviously. Yeah. So. Yeah. It's hard, isn't it? In this sort of life that we lead at our desk, <laughs> things, you, you sort oh, of I know. tighten up. <laughs> I know I don't like I don't I mean I'm standing up now but yeah. man sitting down all the time at work is tough. Yeah. Yeah, I think the invention of stand up desks was terrific. Yeah, it helps. It's still not it's ideal. Not, no, no. <laughs> Got to be up and down, moving around, moving. That's the main thing. Yes. Yeah. And let's talk about your success in masters because you've had multiple world records and it, um, you know, in 2014, 15, you were named Swimming World Magazine's one of the best master swimmers of the year. Mm. And looking back at those successes you've had, what do you think's been your your best race you've put together as a master swimmer? Um, a couple stand out. Um, one, one, um, my 200 meters long course breaststroke and about, I think it was 2015. I went 218, 30 something or four, 218, four, whatever, right around there. And uh, I was trying to get the Olympic trials cut for 2016 in that. And I just missed it by a 10th or two, but I was really happy with that swim because in 2012, I went to or 2011 yeah 2012 I went 219 and so that was really like my fastest swim in a breaststroke race and in a very difficult event 200 breast is really one of the hardest events that you can do long course especially and for me to have that swim where I was that close to getting the cut and being way under 220 I thought that was really my best race and my best swim and it's funny because a friend of mine she was swimming with me at the time she recorded it and um the race is really funny at the very end she's like oh shit because you know i missed the cut by just a little bit because <laughs> it's funny it's pretty funny so but that was probably my best 200 race that i've had i had a couple i had another one when i was 46 or something i went 219 again mm-hmm. and i swam a really nice really really nice race and that was a good one um 
so those are probably the best ones or then um short course meters like around 2014 like you were and you're talking about i actually out here in California, we have a short course meters meet in December. And I had a run where I broke the 50, 100 and 200 in, in that meet, I broke all three world records three years in a row beating my own times. So I was really pleased with to swim. I remember the first time I did them, it was like, wow, you know, those are tough swims. And then the next year I beat all three of those times. And then the year after that, I beat all three of those times one more time. So I was, that was a really good stretch to be able I remember thinking, Oh man, I don't know if I can get these again. And then to have them come down just a little bit more each time that was, I think for me, probably my best master's races, those, those ones. Yeah. So I'm hopeful those days aren't over. Cause I'm now like slowing down a little <laughs> bit, trying not to slow down. I'm 50 now. So I'm trying not to slow down too much. Yeah. Yeah. So, no, but I, I was still kind of during those years, I was still improving like Cause yeah. I was getting more back into the sport and I was just, I was still on a run of improvements. Yes. So in my forties. What, what was the time you swam at the 96 Olympic trials when you came for um, third in the 200? Um, 214. Right. So but old, old rules, no tech suits. So you got to remember. Yeah. So <laughs> old rules, no tech suits, but still 214 you know, for me to be 40. So 20, 20 years later to go only four seconds slower than that. I was pretty happy with that. That, that's an awesome, awesome achievement because right. breaststroke back in the 90s was completely different to the way someone like Adam Peavy swims it now. Yeah, that's really, true. Yeah, it almost looks like butterfly now. <laughs> well, they, he has a high turnover and I have a lower turnover. I'm a, I was always a 200 breaststroker. So, but, um, you know, in my career, when I was 16, that's they changed the rule that you could put your head under. And so really, uh, you know, I'm not the first generation to grow up with that entirely, but we, we were the first people to start really using that to our advantage in the nineties. Um, you know, had we been born doing it that way, it might've been easier or whatever. Cause when we were young, you had to keep your head like yeah. that. And so you couldn't really tuck your head all the way down. But I think that for me and the, that timing of that helped me get better. And I was, you know, at Michigan, I swam with Mike Barriman, who was, uh, in my opinion, he's got to be the best 200 breaststroker of all time. Having broken the, he broke the real world record, not these masters world records. <laughs> he broke the real world record six times in a row, lowering it three seconds over three years. So mm-hmm. uh, I learned a lot swimming with him for, uh, those, that, that time period, I was a freshman at Michigan and he was a fifth year senior. And I remember I got my ass kicked real bad. So I learned what, uh, an Olympic champion and world record holder needs, what they do in practice. And let me tell you, it's beyond what most of us think you <laughs> yes. can, I, I never use risk incredible workouts. He could incredible workouts. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, but I learned a lot swimming for him and with him and, um, uh, I don't really know exactly what I'm trying to say with that, but it's, um, I like hearing it anyway. It's good. <laughs> yeah. Um, so just those, they, he was the one that kind of been really invented that, that wave, they, the wave breaststroke that Naj and him and, uh, all the Hungarians have put together yes. that, I guess that's where I was going with that. They, they kind of set the stage for that. And then those of us who were swimming at the time, tried to emulate and learn that and, really the wave is just putting your head down all the way in my opinion. <laughs> so, and now they all, you know, everyone does that. And Adam PD's innovation in my mind is he's just a, so strong mm-hmm. and able to put, if I turn over as fast as he does, I'm not, I'm not holding the same amount of water. Yeah. And so uh, I think Lily King does the same thing where she's, they're just so powerful, but that's a different stroke than what you see in a 200. And so yeah. yes. when we were younger, there was really, there, there was not a big differentiation between, you know, the way you swim the hundred and the way you swim the 200, there were guys who were just better at the hundred. And there were guys like me who were better at the 200. But to me, I look at it, there's two, it's just two different strokes altogether. Yes. Yeah. So. Yeah. I don't know whether you, we're actually in the middle of um, Australian um, 
trials at the moment for the world champs and Commonwealth Games. And Zach's doubled cook, actually, the gold medalist from last year, got a world record last night in the 200 breaststroke. Yeah, I heard that, but I didn't know who and what. Someone someone messaged me today at work and said, mm-hmm. oh, the, the world record was broken and I hadn't looked it up yet. So that's who it was. Wow. Yeah. yeah and I remember like, last year, yeah. wasn't he wasn't he the one that they were like putting him on the on the boundary of being able to go to the Olympics altogether because of the cut was so incredibly difficult. Was that him or was the other guy? Oh, it was the other guy. Yeah. Yeah. Matt Wilson. Be- no, Zach, Zach right. won the trials and that's right. Yeah. Cause I watched all those trials and I, I thought that it was a great meet. You guys swam the Aussies swam incredible. And I always loved, you know, Grant sitting there going, yeah, you know, uh, Grant Hackett, I think he yeah. was saying things like, no, there's no passengers on this team. And, too bad, so sad, you know. <laughs> you missed a cut by a hundred. We don't care. You're not coming. <laughs> it was just, I was like, whoa, that's pretty badass. <laughs> but they took him anyway. Yeah. No, I think yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they <laughs> but still, <laughs> I just loved him saying, "Well, we don't take any passengers. Too bad, you know. Let's move on to the next event." <laughs> I was like, yeah. "That's that's tough. <laughs> you guys are tough." So, that's tough. But, is, yeah. Well, that's a- great. A world record. What was his time? 205. Holy gal. <laughs> yes, yes, yeah. Just first person under, yeah, 206. Yeah. Yeah, that's incredible. Yeah. So very, very incredible. Yeah. Yeah. Back to you, though. No, oh, geez. <laughs> no, actually, there's another. I don't think I could do that freestyle. <laughs> I certainly could. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, he was flying. How, yeah. do you, how do you approach a 200 breaststroke? Like, what's your race strategy to put a good one together? Is it a build or do you go out quite fast in the first hundred? No, I mean, especially now it's definitely got to be in control. The first hundred, like I think uh, last time I described it to someone, I was like, well, I'm going to try to make sure that pain doesn't start until after the hundred, because if the pain is setting in before the hundred, you're in big trouble. (laughs) (laughs) So the 200 and and yards and meters are two different approaches. Quite honestly, Uh, yards is about stroke really about stroke count and making sure you land the turns just right. Um, so that's a lot different rate. I mean, both of them are builds, but in the yards, it's like four strokes. Then it's try to go three or four laps where I'm going to go five strokes, specifically five strokes. And then, uh, the next lap after that, try to go to six strokes because you're degrading. Right. But the six strokes have to land where your last motion into the turn is a kick. Um, and that's something, again, we didn't know anything about that back when we were in college in the, the olden days, if you had a misjudged wall, it was just, you'd half stroke in and that would be what it would be. And you, the cost of that is so great. Uh, the new strategy of like timing that wall just right is really important in yards. So in short course meters too, the same thing, but, yeah. um, Long course for me, it's, I'm always been a better long course swimmer and I swim wall to wall faster than most of my competitors back in the olden days. And I would get crushed on the walls cause I just was so bad at them. And I know a lot more about how to do walls now that I wish I could go back in time and teach myself, but, um, it's, it is still about stroke counter, the right tempo. So take it out. I might in long course, I might take like 14 or 15 strokes down one lap, then the turn. And I might go 17 on the second lap and then maybe 19 on the third and then whatever I need to do to, to do it. I haven't actually swum the 200 since before COVID and I'm going to do it probably in a week. I may or may not do it depending on, uh, I'm entered in a USA swimming meet. So it's not sanctioned. This one's not sanctioned for FINA. So there's no master's times available, but, uh, I'm going to do, I didn't, I've got to do my first 200 meters in like three years. So I'm really, really scared. <laughs> it's going to be very well. And it's probably going to be way off the times that I want to do um, because I just, I'm out of practice. Yes. I've only done the 200 yard breast two times in three years. Yes. Um, uh, just this year, I did it twice so far. Um, so, and I'm getting used to that too, because it's so much longer of a race and um I'm guessing I'll be probably super cautious in the swim and I'll probably not be out fast enough. And there's just a lot of, there's just a lot to it with the technique of it that the only way to 
gain the technique is to go out and actually go do it. And it's yes. probably going to take me a while to get uh, my 200 meter kind of figured out again. I hope I can even figure it out because um, it's a lot. I've definitely have lost a little bit of conditioning during the COVID and all that. Yeah. Yeah. Look, I think, I think everyone has. Because, yeah. And, and also to, to get better, you've actually got to race. You've got to keep totally. racing. And if you haven't raced, you forget everything. You, you yeah, think, your body. You think you remember it, but you don't. <laughs> yeah, and I'm not even training meters yet. So, like, I have no, I, you know, you got to feel the pain of that sometime. And so, yeah. uh, so I'm probably going to do a very cautious 200 next two weeks from now. And it is, and it is going to be a bunch, again, I'm going to be in a regular USA swimming meet. So, it's going to be a, a bunch, a bunch of kids that are, gonna be there so I, I hope i don't get annihilated but we'll see but i i like to swim the usa swimming meets because it's really hard like it's good to have someone in front of me you know and yeah. try to keep up and and that'll yeah. it's, it's like a workout in a way so yeah. Yeah. Uh, we'll see how that goes yeah look when you're coming down the last lap of that 200 uh breaststroke race and you start to feel yourself sort of tighten up what do you think of like what what do you sort of mental sort of prompts do you have to keep your, your stroke going? Uh, well, I'm thinking about that. I'm don't crash too hard. Like keep your hands level and get my feet in the right spot. Trying to just get out, out of, uh, the most out of each, each stroke. And, you know, again, I'm, when I was younger, I remember I would turn over a lot higher than I can. I don't think I can do that anymore. And actually don't think it's much better to, I mean, you're going to have a higher turnover, but, um, try to, to maintain that length, um, between the, cause basically once you start kind of like fading, there's no more glide, the glide's gone. And that's where all the speed, you know, that's where the time is. So if, if you lose an inch or two on each stroke, meaning like, you know, at, you're, it's about covering the ground. So yeah. I really want to make sure, and this is where the Pilates and all that kind of stuff comes in because it's a lot of mental exercise. Um, and it, it's emotionally hard to be prepared for, cause it's, it does hurt a lot, um, at any age. So, uh, yeah, just mostly on body position, what I'm doing with my hands and what I'm doing with my feet are the feet still coming up right and trying to get them set properly and don't forget to glide and um pray that the wall comes soon (laughs) (laughs) and and i've always been good on the last lap when i was younger uh once i get to the 150 i'm like okay now it's just a 50. so like in my mind i'm thinking oh god a 50 to go i don't well it looks like i don't worry about um all of the uh the previous parts of the race so I'll tell you later how it went <laughs> after next week. It's a week from Sunday. So I, again, I'm, I'm not sure if I'm going to do it yet. I'm entered in it. I'm not sure if I'm actually going to swim it yet, but I kind of think I need to do it. It's soon. I can't keep pushing it down the road, but yeah, yeah, 200 meters is really, really hard. It's a hard race mentally to do. Yes. Yeah. I've got to agree with you there. I do the 200 yeah. backstroke and it really hurts. You've yeah. got to be in the right space, headspace to to put a good one together. Yeah, and those are the times that stand up. I mean, everybody be everybody beats if you know I had the 50 breast at one point or another and almost in all the age group 40 and 45, and then there's always someone that's gonna come beat it, you know, because everyone does a 50 and then the hundred is really competitive, and then the 200, like the competition <laughs> everyone drops off. No one wants to do it. No one wants to do so, it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah, so I mean, I should do it because those are the times that stand longer. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And so. you, you raced, you raced at the uh, spring nationals in Texas a few weeks ago. Did you enjoy that experience? Yeah, it was fun. We had a good time and it was good to get back out there and race again. I hadn't done them again. Like the only other meet I did during since COVID was we had one meet earlier this year. That was like a really informal meet. Otherwise I hadn't really swum at all in a race. So it was good to get back to normal. Um, so, and we had a good time. And then my, my with Trina, I went with her, we had a great time. Yeah. So it's fun to have someone that likes the same hobby. Yeah, definitely. Go with you. Yeah. And you broke three national records. Were you happy with those swims? 
Uh, yeah, I was happy with them. It was kind of right where I thought I should be. Um, they, I broke those records because I aged up. Um, so um, I think I can still get better in yeah. the 200, especially. Um, but um, there's room there to improve there. I mean, I wasn't a perfect racist, so, but I was happy to, wasn't, I was happy it wasn't wor worse than it was. And I didn't like think, oh my God, this is like, I didn't think it was so outstanding that there's no room to improve. So, um, but it was right where I thought I should be maybe a little bit better than I thought maybe I would end up. So in the hundred, I thought maybe I'd go, I, there was some, I went 56 to, and I remember thinking, oh man, I hope I go 56, anything. It was kind of what I was worried about going 57 because uh, I uh, haven't been swimming as much. And so the times were pretty good and, you know, they are what they are. Yeah, that's awesome. So during the COVID time when pools were closed um, where you are, did you do much open water swimming? I swam, like, so I live right by the beach and I went in the water until they closed our beach, but that was, that's a whole other discussion. Oh, that's <laughs> but, uh, COVID. well, for like a week, the governor here, he's, Right. evil and he <laughs> closed the beach for a week to, i don't know it was all, all the drama of all that like they, someone's gonna catch covid in the ocean it seemed ridiculous but uh um yeah i was just going in the ocean and it was kind of you know it was that that was in march so it was cold i wore my wetsuit but it wasn't the same as training but i didn't we didn't really have access to our pool for a month or two and um and there was so, but I did go in the ocean and that was good. I love the ocean. So it wasn't a big deal for me. Yeah. I saw that you'd um, been, that you'd done an ocean, um, oh, sorry, not ocean, English Channel Crossing with a relay. And That's right. Yeah. So when, when did you do that? Was that 2014, 2013? Oh. I don't remember what year exactly, but yeah. So I had uh, gotten a contact from, um, the relay guys and re and he was putting together this relay. They wanted to actually break the record and right. be, everyone had to be over 40. And I'm, he was like, I got a message out of the blue. I, uh, can you swim it? And I'm, do you know anybody? And I'm like, Oh yeah, I have another friend of mine. He's really good distance swimmer. And, um, so I trained that year a little hard. I trained pretty hard to be able to do the times that we wanted to do, uh, which was in a relay, you just swim, um, 5k in an hour was the goal in the ocean um so that was fun it was a great experience um to do and um i have a little bit of experience in i have a lot of experience in the ocean and i have some experience doing ocean open water ocean swims which i like to do every once in a while they're freestyle though and i'm not a great freestyler so you know like i'm not a i'm a better breaststroker than i am a freestyler but i do like it and it's fun and it was a great experience and we ended up going like 803 for our relay which was awesome so really good time for a bunch of 40 year olds yeah so did you each swim 5k before you you changed over or did you yeah so we ended up swimming uh to do it the way the relay the english channel relays go is everyone swims an hour so wow. i was third wow. and uh um, everyone goes one leg at a time. And, uh, so Christoph Wanstrash was on the team and he obviously, he, he actually had the record on individually at one point he went first and he went, uh, eighth. So like he had to go twice and then Kristen, uh, she went twice to, she went the, the extra three minutes, but he did two legs. Um, and if we'd have been slower, I would have had to go another leg, but, uh, I was not the, Christoph was our prior fastest and most experienced guy. So he went first and he went again after six sitting in the boat for six, six hours, five hours between. And he went again. <laughs> so he went seventh and then eighth. So yeah, he went first and seventh. I went third. So I only had to do one hour, which okay. I knew we kind of knew that was how it was going to go. Yeah. Great experience though. Did you enjoy Yeah, it was fun. It was great. And then yeah. I got to go with my friend Bernie and we went, you know, after we went, we were lucky that we had our it was kind of rough that day. It wasn't it wasn't it could have been a little bit smoother, but uh the the weather was gonna get worse. So we went actually didn't sit around Dover too long, which some people end up doing. Yeah. And then we had time to go to France and mess around and everything like that. So it was good to it was fun to do that. And I've actually helped 
I haven't done a, a Catalina crossing. I've done two crossing relays where I did some support swimming where I didn't, I wasn't officially on it, but I helped uh, do support swimming. And I, it was, which was fun because I got to do like three legs and I, you know, like I, I did probably three legs on that one. It was fun to do. I, even though I wasn't actually, uh, I wasn't actually um, an official person on those relays. Yeah. And the, the interesting thing about Catalina is it's a night swim. And we did, we did the, both of ours were the backwards way where they were trying to go mainland to Catalina, which normal way is the other way around. So it was fun because uh, you have to start at night and then you get to, so I was holding the light and I had to pick up all the shit and take it to the boat. Uh, Cause in order to do it, you have to, that particular swim, you have to jump off the land and go into the water. And it was in uh, Palos Verdes here, the, getting into the water is a little tricky because there's rocks everywhere. So I had to, so I got to help with that and then do some, do some support swimming. And then when you swim at night here in that time of year, there's all the blue, like from the, from the water, you know, the photophosphorus stuff, it was blue under when you put your hand in, it's all blue. It's fun. So I, I like, I like swimming in the ocean. Don't do a lot of it, but I do some of it. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. I like to body surf the most when the waves get real big. That's kind of what I like to do. <laughs> so that's the most fun. So, but, but swimming in the ocean, it's really fun. I would like, maybe I might get into it a little bit more. Yeah. Um, yeah. See, just see, the shorter stuff. Yeah. See where your path takes you. Yeah. I don't think I could do a whole 21 miles. I think I don't, I don't think I can do it. Um, I, I, I would love to try, but it costs a lot of money to try and I'm not sure I could actually last that long. Yeah. So the relays are a fun way to do it without having to be fully all in. Yeah. A lot of respect yeah. for people who can double cross and triple cross, just crossing once. Jesus. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a big undertaking. That's for sure. <laughs> it's unbelievable what some people can do. Yeah. Very impressive. Yeah. Look, I wanted to do a bit of a, a deep dive into a bit of a swimming snapshot, a few questions for you. So a bit, okay. bit of off the cuff. What's your favorite open water swimming location? For a race or for just getting in the water? Just for getting in the water, probably across. Well, the I, yeah, that's tough. I don't know if I have a favorite place. I guess I'll just say Huntington Beach because that's where I go the most. I know it the most, but I, I'll love going in any I get it. Like if I go somewhere and I see the water, I'm like, I want to get in that. So I mean, <laughs> I don't know why, but I, Hawaii is probably the best because it's not so cold. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And what about the best pool in Southern California? Uh, best. Uh, my favorite pool to race in is actually the USC pool, which is uh, where they held the 84 Olympic games. I swim really well there for some reason. That's actually where I swam that 218 was okay. at USC. Um, that's my favorite pool. It's not the best pool, but that's probably my favorite one. Yeah. I don't know if there's a best, I mean, where we swim in Irvine might can be considered the best because it's two fifty meter pools and all that other stuff. But my yeah. favorite is USC pool. Yeah. Sorry. I should have said favorite. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> your favorite. And what are your favorite race goggles to swim in? Um, I've been using the, I don't know that I actually I've been using the Speedo ones lately, but I don't have, uh, which would, I don't even know what they're called, but they're the kind of the flatter ones. Um, I've been using those lately. Uh, when I was younger, I used the Speedo Sprint and I bought a pair of those and I put them on the other day and I'm like, man, it makes your cross side. I'm like, no wonder we couldn't swim fast because they're <laughs> terrible. But uh, yeah, I'm not super tied to a specific goggle uh i used to be sponsored by tier a little bit and i use those goggles quite a bit so uh but yeah i've been using the speedo lately just because yeah. that's working working for you and yeah. what, what's your favorite breaststroke drill to do in training oh gee <laughs> <laughs> no pressure <laughs> um i find that the doing like um well i like a lot of them but um kick kick pull is good two kicks to a pole is a good like all round warm up kind of a drill to do, but I do a lot of different ones. Dave taught me a lot of them. So, uh, I usually pick a drill that is appropriate to the thing I'm having a problem with. So we could 
have a whole session on all oh, the different oh, drills oh. to do. <laughs> but kick kick pulls a good base. Yes. Two kicks to a pulls, good base. It, I, what I like about it is it kind of keeps you getting into the length of the stroke, um, and it you have to hold your breath a little bit. Um, it's uh, you can kind of go fast sometimes with it. Uh, one other thing I didn't mention earlier that maybe some of you out there, if there's people in training, I usually do flip turns for breaststroke. Um, and I picked that up again from Michigan via Mike Barrowman, via Joseph Naj, I would say is probably the innovator of that technique. And we used that when I was trimming with Amanda and we used that when I was swimming with Stacy on a stitz here to, she made the 2000 Olympic team. We were doing that and I still do it to this day because, uh, I don't want to go. And the other part, I don't want to have a practice where I'm just doing shitty turns all the time. If I'm going to practice the turns, I'm going to do them well. Otherwise we're just going to do breaststroke, flip turn, hold your breath, come out of it. It's better for keeping your rhythm. So that's probably something that other people might be interested in knowing we do. Um, it, yeah. it takes a while to get used to doing that, but once you get used to it, it's like, it's pretty second nature. And then the other reason to do it is I can, don't, if I'm swimming next to someone who's maybe my speed, their freestyle is by breaststroke speed. I don't just, I can keep up with them in a seat. They could go free and I can go breast and I don't lose on the walls because I'm doing the same thing that they do through the, through the turn. So anyway, yeah, so, that was a side note. So when you do that, are you still doing your breakout underwater or you just do it? Yeah. As, yeah. So like last stroke yep. flip yes. and then a regular pull out, uh, regular pull down and, and, and out. And, I think for me, it keeps the nice rhythm going. Um, it's a great meth training methodology. Obviously you can't do it in a real meet, but uh, it's a way to just keep your rhythm through the stroke and all of that. Yeah. Really good piece of advice. And what's your favorite breaststroke training set? I think a good test set that I would do every once in a while, if I'm doing threshold would be, this is with flip turns, of course, yes. to go like six, hundreds breast on 130 or even maybe sometimes 140 but 130 and try to go like 109s yard this is yards yes. um but i don't actually have like a go-to set and a part of that is um when i swim masters with people like um i just kind of adapt like i have no plan when i get to the pool i don't know it's like most masters coaches even ours here they aren't geared for breaststroke. So, uh, I'll just adapt the set as long as I'm not, um, getting in someone's way, or I try to go the same distance as everybody else and same intervals or whatever. So I'm not in the way, but, um, I find myself having to adapt things. I like kicking a lot too. So I would say kicking probably is my favorite set. Yeah. No good set of kicks, but I don't have a, I'm sorry. I don't have a specific <laughs> set that I do or remember even. No, that's fine. That's good. Yeah. Well, Steve, thank you so much for coming on yeah. the podcast today and sharing your Thanks. swimming journey with us. It's been absolutely terrific getting to um to hear all about it and um, wishing you every success heading forward and hopefully you'll do that meet in two weeks. Yeah, I will. I'm, yeah, I'll let you know how it goes. <laughs> Thanks for having me on and I appreciate it and good luck uh, in your swimming this year and uh getting out there uh this winter i guess your winter's coming up for you guys yeah it's getting pretty cold where i'm living at the moment yeah absolutely. yeah, yeah. okay we'll take care and thanks care. a lot bye okay then bye there you go, Bob. thanks for listening into the podcast with steve today i loved hearing about his swimming journey and i was really interested in finding out about using flip turns in his breaststroke so he can keep up with the set of freestyle he's often given if you were a form swimmer, this is a great piece of advice for you to adapt to your own training. The second edition of our Torpedo Swim Talk newsletter has just arrived in your inbox if you are a subscriber on the website. If you want to catch up with all the news and you aren't on our mailing list, head over to our website at www.torpedoswimtalk.com and add your email address. Till next time, happy swimming and bye for now.